Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Welcome back, everybody, to A Better Way podcast. This week, I actually have my roommate, Ryan Wall, with us. And Ryan graduated Karis Bible College with me. And this is kind of an impromptu session, but we were just talking in the house, and he had a really beautiful story, which we'll go into in a second. But welcome to the show, Ryan. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So Ryan had a really powerful epiphany this weekend when he was officiating a friend's wedding and had some other things come up about... Uh, a revelation of humility and how self-love is actually part of that, which I, I thought was very interesting. So Ryan, just give us a little bit of context and background about where you are, your journey in the last year or so, and some of the struggles you've experienced, and then the recent break that you just had. Right, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like like I said, I'll start from the beginning to kind of give people context. Um, about a year ago, I was uh, working at a job that I absolutely loved, but I was fired from it. And, you know, most people tell you, it's like, oh, you know, you're fired at 21 years old. Like, that's something everyone goes through. You bounce back from it. At least, you know, this is, again, this is what I was told. Um, kind of going through the situation, it didn't feel like a, this is what everyone goes through. It kind of felt like a very personal thing. <laughs> um, but just from that situation, I, you know, I, ha- I have a business. Um, and there was just, I was just trying to get everything restarted. And... As I started trying to get all my wheels turning, trying to get traction on different things, trying to get, um, you know, clients, just trying to get all this, everything just seemed like it was falling apart, no matter how hard I worked. And work is, has, has always been very important to me. Um, I was raised in Louisiana, so I was raised in the South, and work has always kind of been a part of identity. Um, so, because, you know, if people ask, like, you know, oh, hey, you know, like, you, you know, you're Ryan, like, you know, what do you do or who are you? Stuff like that. You usually start with, like, this is my job. And, and so work has always been very closely tied to my identity. You know, what I'm doing kind of determines, like, who I am and kind of my value. Now, I, obviously, I realize that this is a, isn't a great mindset to have, but it was one I had nevertheless. And so just being unemployed and then being a man, I know, like, obviously, this wouldn't be easier for a woman, but just being a man, feeling like I need to be doing something, be doing something with my hands, be, you know, be working. The fact that like, no matter how hard I worked, it didn't seem like that was going to be fruitful. And no matter how much effort I put in, it just seemed like I was spinning my tire. And so like, even though I was in first gear and I was going for it as hard as I could, I just could not get a grip on anything. And this went on for honestly, nine, 10 maybe almost 11 months. And it just, this was just a very hard process. And like, Ryan, like, you know, like you know, I obviously described some of the issues to you that I was having, but it was just, it was just a lot of questions. You know, everything had been going good since I came up here to Colorado. And now I'm like questioning God. It's like, you know, why am I here? Like, you know, what am I doing here? Like, why is this happening? And even though like it, it didn't shake my faith in God, it shook my faith in myself very severely. And it, it shook my faith in just, my situation. And whereas before I was extremely confident in that I knew what I was doing because God had sent me here. Now I was just beginning to question, to question that. 
And, you know, I did the thing of, you know, like I spent hours and hours in prayer. Like I went on several fasts, like, you know, you got the, you got to experience some of that. And I just, I was trying everything I could to get, like when I, when I mean my tires were spinning, I mean, in every aspect, it felt like it felt spiritually, like I just wasn't connecting with God. Like I could still feel him. I still knew I had a relationship with him, but it felt like I couldn't connect with him. Um, you know, relationally, I lost a lot of friends on purpose, but also not some not. And it was, this is what didn't feel good in terms of work relationship, like in terms of work, trying to get like just things going with my business and just trying to get things going, like sending out hundreds of applications. And it was just like, it seemed like no matter what I was doing, nothing was working. And I just sat there and spun and it just, it was one of the most, it was the roughest period that I've gone through in my life. And, and I don't say that saying that I came from like a very easy background. Like, you know, I was raised by a single mother who, you know, she did a fantastic job, but you know, there was just like, there was so many things that I've gone through in my life, but this was the worst period because beforehand, no matter how bad it was, I could always trust God and work through it. And even though I was still trusting God, there was nothing that I could do that I could apply that there was nothing from me that was going to make the situation better. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. I think you just hit on something that's so central to the message of a better way, which is number one, especially as men, but in people, as people in general, it's so easy for us to put our identity in our work in what we do. And if we get that backwards, which is what most people do, it can be very frustrating. And they start to question our identity because it's always based on the last thing we did. So you experienced that. And then also, I love what you said, which was that there was, you came to a point where you basically reached the end of self. You couldn't, no matter how hard you tried, all that effort, that self-effort, all your earthly abilities were not able to produce something that was seeming to gain any traction or get value in your life. And so uh, I've noticed in my life going through similar seasons, sometimes I don't think that's God's best or that he puts that on us, but sometimes that's just the journey we have to go through to get to a point where we get a really profound revelation. So talk, talk to us and walk us through how you came from that period of frustration and all those things you discussed to this amazing revelation you had this weekend. Right. Um, so yeah, I, one of the biggest things that I kind of had to deal with was myself. Um, one of the biggest issues I, I had with my business is that even though I had like all these philosophical things and I own a marketing business, by the way, just for those that, you know, may, may or may not know, but I, all these philosophical things that I had in my head, but I just wasn't applying. I could just tell that I wasn't doing it God's way. And, and that's another thing that was really hard about this whole season is that I know I've been called to business. Like when I came up to Colorado, I was, you know, my previous experience was construction, you know, hard labor, oil build, stuff like that. So um, when, when I got called to business and God was like, you know, hey, I want you to start learning these different things, I knew that wasn't me because I never had a desire to do that. So I knew I was called to business. And then just knowing what your calling is and then knowing that you can't fulfill it is like such a rough feeling to go through. Um, and so, but just as I was going through this process, I just, I really had to draw in from God. And so every time I would get any type of traction, like God would just say, like, it would basically, like, I would just kind of get one little thing from him and I would just attack that with everything I had. And so I really realized that I was doing, like the way I was operating in business was completely backwards. Like, even though I was providing value to people, it was always a me first. 
type of thing. Like, look, you pay me, I provide value. Like the end product at the end of all this is, yes, I love doing my business, but it's me getting paid. And that is what is, that's the biggest issue to me is I want to make sure that Ryan gets money today, no matter like what I volunteered for, no matter what I did for clients. Did I do a fantastic job? Yes. But it was because I wanted to get more money. And even though like a lot of people would say like, that's not a bad mindset to have, you do more to receive more. Like, yeah, that's obvious. It's not what I was called to do. And even though like I had some success in certain areas, I could feel it was wrong the entire time. And that was one of the biggest issues I had. And so like, just kind of before, kind of before this weekend, kind of coming into this whole process that I've, that I've now gone through, I realized I had to come to a place and it was naturally, and it was through like talking with God and everything, which by the way, the past like month has been like slowly increasing in terms of like just favor and goodness and like all this, all this amazing stuff, but it kind of culminated in, in this weekend. But as I was coming to this weekend, I just realized like what matters more to me than money right now is I wanted to prove to myself and I wanted to prove to others that I was a person who could bring value. I didn't want to just be a person that's, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he's a good businessman. He, you know, he can do these certain few tasks or whatever. I wanted to be something that like when, if you worked with me, it was like, this is a person who provides extreme value. And I got to the point where I valued that over money. Like I was willing to work for free simply because A, I loved what I did. I, I, I had a calling for it. I was gifted in it or I am gifted in it. And I just, I loved what I do. And it came to a realization that I would much rather be in a place where I am providing value to people and to the market. And if I don't get paid for that for a little bit, that's fine. Because I just want to prove that I, this is something I can do. And this is kind of what started this journey. And um, so, yeah, like you said, uh, then this weekend was coming up. I had two really amazing friends that, you know, they're getting married. They're an amazing power couple. Um, and I was so excited to be the officiator for this wedding. Cause like you said, I grad, you know, you and I graduated from Paris Bible college and, you know, so, Hey, we're ministers, you know, we can marry and bury in the state of Colorado. And I was excited to do something besides funerals <laughs> and just, you know, be, being able, being presented with this opportunity was fantastic. But at the same time, I was also working um, at a real estate conference. And so I was kind of pulling double duty while doing this while also talking to clients over the weekend. And so it was just, it was a super busy weekend and, you know, kind of running around, you know, going to the bachelor party, which was super fun. And it's not only that, but like just another side note that of something I hadn't told you before, the bachelor party, that this just reaffirmed everything I knew about these people. We prayed over the groom twice at the bachelor party at two separate occasions. Like, I've never heard of a bachelor party where we pray. We considered having a worship service at the bachelor party. And it was like, it was like, man, what a God thing. Like, it's about, right. I don't know if you've ever, like, I don't know if you've ever been to a bachelor party where people pray for each other. Like, have you? I don't think I have uh, actually up until this point. And uh, I think that's a great indication that you're surrounding yourself with good people and people whose marriage is clearly centered around Jesus. So <laughs> that's definitely uh, different than what the, the world usually looks like. Yeah. And it was, 
like just th- that starting off. And so like that was on Thursday. And like this, just like knowing this, it was like, man, I am so happy to be around these people. But I had still hadn't quite gotten to the place where like I was operating out of like an excess of love, out of you know, ministering out of the overflow. Then Friday came and you know, we, we were doing the rehearsal for the wedding. We never did a full walkthrough for the wedding. We did two position placements where I walked out, you know, the, uh, the groomsmen, the bridesmaids walked out, <laughs> and then the, the groom walks out, the bride walks out. Then we did it one more time. We never did the ceremony. We, we did a very rough draft of what we were going to be doing. I'm laughing because it was, just, it was just all so ridiculous looking back at it. And the bride actually told me, she's like, Ryan, like, I trust you. Let's just wing it because I know like whatever comes out of this, you're here. I'm here. Sterling's here. Like, this is going to be a wedding that, like, this is going to be a wedding that I'm going to be proud of and I'm going to love. And, like, while, A, I was honored that she had that kind of trust on, on like, within me, I, I also kind of was like, no, let's practice. I want to, <laughs> I wanna, I'm about to speak in front of over, you know, a hundred and something people. I want to be able to not, like, just totally blow it. And once the wedding started, which, by the way, like, you know, the, uh, I'm working at the conference, which is in Denver. The wedding is in Black Forest, which is in Colorado Springs. So we're doing like an hour drive back and forth. <laughs> it was a real fun, real fun experience. But, you know, I get there. I, I, I roll up right as the groomsmen are praying for the, um, the, the groom. And as you know, I pull up and I get in there. And so, you know, I pray over Sterling. And it was amazing, got mic'd up, everything else. And I'm still feeling like I'm pretty solid. It's like, I don't feel like I'm going to get too emotional. You know, I, I mean, obviously it was a very emotional moment. I'm very happy. I'm very joyful, but I was still feeling pretty solid. I get up there, you know, we, the, the ceremony begins. And, you know, Sterling, the, the groom comes down the aisle with, you know, his parents. And I start to get a little emotional because it's just such a beautiful moment. And... <laughs> And then the bride comes out and she's, you know, she's coming down the aisle and she's coming around and we can't really see her because, you know, she's doing like the long walk and her dad's kind of like blocking our view. And then suddenly she turns and Sterling and I both see her. And suddenly I just realized the amount of love I had for this couple. And it just became so real in that moment that like what we were doing, where we were at and like the, the, <laughs> the photographer, the wedding photographer and videographer came up to me later and was just like, they were talking about like how beautiful the photos were because they'd never seen a groom and, and the officiator just like both start crying at the same moment. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. And so like, you know, we did the ceremony. It was amazing. Everything else. And I just, this is when I started, like, these were the revelations I was kind of telling you about was just, I just started to realize everything like obviously I'm, I'm kind of down i'm watering it down a little bit so i can kind of get through the story but just when i realized how much i loved the couple that was getting married it was more than i thought i loved them and it was because of this oh and then and it, was, it was more than i thought i loved them but then also i realized like just how much i also loved myself hmm. and so this kind of brings in the first the first part of it which was just the amount of love and this was like the first time I truly felt like I was ministering out of the overflow. Like people kept on complimenting the wedding. There was, there was, a, there was quite a few hiccups in it, especially on my part. Like I totally forgot the communion section. And, and it, it was, there was like just all these different little things. But people kept on commenting about just how much love there was, not just between the bride and the groom, but like this whole area. 
you know, just like how much love they could feel in it. You know, Wedgwood, who had done several weddings in the past week, you know, um, the, the representatives from there came up to me and they were like, you know, like, this is just, this is so amazing. This is like literally the best wedding we've been at. We've been at more expensive weddings. We've been at less expensive weddings. We've been at weddings with more people, everything else. But this one just had something special about it. And yeah, oh my gosh, it was just such an amazing time. But skipping past that, I just realized how much I love the bride and groom. And, you know, it was something that like, I knew I loved them, but it was just like, man, the amount of love I have for them is amazing. I cried all throughout the wedding ceremony. Like there were so many times I cried. My friends uh, were making fun of me. Um, But then even after the wedding ended, like I still like, I was just going over through these revelations. I remember what like, you know, one thing I like to do to kind of, you know, once I get a revelation from God, I like to talk it out. You know, I like to pretend like I'm preaching it. And I brought up Sidney and Sterling, you know, uh, twice in one of these things. And, and I, the first time I brought them up, I just started crying from just like pure, just like joy. And I, then, I, then I took a couple deep breaths and I was like, all right. And I tried to repeat their name. And again, it just started crying. And it really started giving me an image of like what love really is because I'm not romantically involved with either the bride or the groom. <laughs> uh, I'm not like, I'm not involved with them in any way other than friends. I'm not related to them anything. And just the amount of love I felt for them, like just kind of transcended that. And the reason, and so like, that was kind of the first thing of like just the love and you know how much I felt out of that. But then when I was thinking about it, just of how happy I was at the ceremony. And I realized like I loved them so much, but I also like, I was loving myself at the moment because I was just so joyful to be in this situation. And it was just like one of those things that was like, man, this is so awesome. Like I told you about like how I had just at like several points during the wedding, I had to just stand back and just look over everything and just be in the moment because I didn't want to move. I didn't want, I just wanted to sit there and just look out over everything. Just look at everyone having fun and just smile and just be filled with joy. But this kind of goes into the humility part that we were talking about. And that was that I've heard several different messages on humility, whether some people it's like, you know, it's, it's putting yourself down. Some people it's actually, you know, putting your, you know, propping yourself up. Um, you know, like, you know, like speaking your true identity because humility is true submission to God. And if, God says something about you and you say something that's opposite, you're in pride. So humility is submitting yourself to God in that whatever he says about you is true. And that is true, by the way. But it was just the thing I just realized when I was in this conversation with God about just like love and humility and all this other stuff. One of the things I realized is that I wouldn't have been able to do all this had I not loved myself. And God just kind of gave me this, this image of a generosity economy in that putting yourself down is extremely easy, especially with like social media, anything else, whether it's comparing yourselves among yourselves, whether it's, you know, just, just speaking negatively over yourself. But what, like what God showed me in humility, this is like one of the hardest things I've done because you have to love yourself and you have to come to a place where you truly love yourself. But then in order to stay in humility, you have to love people more. And like, that was just such a huge thing to me is that some of the most humble people, they love themselves, but it's because of the love they have for others that they're able to do more. And once you start getting this continual process of growth and love and everything else, 
and you have to love you like you love yourself and you grow in love for yourself but then in order like in order to like stay in a state of balance you have to love people that much more and it's and it's hard to do because you're constantly in a season of growth you're constantly having to grow your 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 heart your 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 well almost because if you start getting to a point where you're loving yourself more than you're loving people, then that, then you're starting to get into pride. But then it's like, if you can just continually love yourself and then love people more, it's like, and God was just showing me, it's like, this is what I'm about. I'm not about, you know, a lot of people like, you know, they say like, you have to take away stuff. It's like, Oh, I, you know, I had this thought. So I had to like, you know, I had to go in a fast or I had to like punish myself in some odd way. And, you know, they, they talk about this, I believe in, um, and and is it a Titus? Oh, man, I might be wrong in this. Where they talk about like they spoke as if they had wisdom, but it was really just them. Like you know, it was just words of man, and they spoke as if they had wisdom though. But then God was like Ryan, like what seems more like me? And He brought me back to John ten ten. You know, such a so this is such a default verse for me, which is I have come so that you may have life and life more abundantly. The enemy comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's like, when I, when you hear people talk about humility, what sounds more like me? And I just realized it was like loving myself and then loving people more out of the overflow of the love I have myself. That seems like life and then life more abundantly because you're constantly having to grow. Whereas, you know, steal, kill, destroy. It's like, you know, that's negatives work so well in the enemy's uh, territory. But God is just a con is in a constant state of growth. And, and that's just, yeah, that was just, that was kind of like the biggest revelation. I'm pretty sure there's some other things, but I kind of want to hand it back to you because I feel like I've been monologuing for some time. No, I mean, I, I like when the uh, interviewee is the one who spends the majority of the time talking, but I want to highlight something you said that I think is really interesting because I've heard those same, you know, uh, misconceptions or even true uh, revelations of humility, particularly simply agreeing with what God says. But I thought that you have a really interesting take on it because uh, if you can't love yourself, you can't love others because it says to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't have love for yourself, you can't give what you haven't received. So when you have, like you talked about, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, coming from a place of overflow where you're so filled up with God's love for you and your love for God and for other people that it just naturally effortlessly pours out of you. And that's how he designed us. Like you said, in John 10, 10, he's given us that abundant life. And I thought it was really powerful the way that you were able to reconcile these seemingly conflicting things of having love for yourself as a form of humility, because the truth is God does love you. You are lovable. You are worthy. You are amazing. And if you don't agree with that, like you talked about earlier, that is a form of pride. But the flip side of that is when you can receive that love that God has for you, that can then effortlessly and abundantly overflow into other people. And you saw that in a very powerful way at this wedding. And at the same time, because again, I always like to connect the supernatural to practical, this, this had a, an overflow into your business in a very defined way. Talk to us a little bit about that. Right. Um, so like I said, like things have been kind of picking up, but like, man, this last weekend, everything just kind of seemed to hit it together. So a, I signed up a pretty, um, a pretty decent sized client, you know, and, and this was like, this was really amazing because 
since I transitioned into StoryMark, which is my new company, and away from I, I, I'm not one who does things halfway. So when I was like, God was started speaking to me, that's like Brian, you've been you haven't been doing business my way. You've been doing business your way because you like when I when God told me to start learning these things, I started going out to the like I. The thing was, I couldn't find a lot of skilled Christians that had this knowledge and had the things to teach me. And so because of that, I was like, okay, I will remain a Christian and I'll just go, go and get the information out of the world. Well, when you start doing that, you start like, even though you are a Christian, you're strong in your foundation. When you start trying to reach the call, it's like, look, this is obviously the best way to do it because they're succeeding. So in order to reach the call, and it's, it's so dumb, but it, this is like, this is the thought that entered my head, at least it was like, in order for me to reach my calling, I have to kind of abide by the world systems. And like, I don't, I don't, I, that's not something that I was called to do. And so when God started speaking to me about like, Ryan, like you've been doing this wrong, I had to go, I had to, I had to revamp my business. I had to like rebrand everything in a different way. And like, you remember like coming up with the name, coming up with the new website, like just everything else. I remember like you being part of that process. I just had to really redo everything. And so skipping back ahead, um, or coming back to the present, just as, as I was just like talking with this, I just realized that out of that love, out of that overflow, I didn't have to leave that just in personal relationships, bring that in the business of that. Just like, I love my business, but I will just love, like when, when people partner with me, when people become like clients of mine, anything else, like I'm like loving them much more than I love my own company, but still loving my company, like to this, this amazing degree. And because of that, I just was trying to bring as much value as possible. So like, like you and I were just talking about, we, I signed up this fantastic client. And the thing was like, yes, money is starting to flow in like, well, pretty, pretty decently, let's say. But it was just the quality of clients that I was getting, these people that just get it, you know. And, and I'm, it's no longer a fight to try to have to like haggle and argue over price, everything else. It's these people that just get it. And I believe that they were attracted to this revelation God was giving me that I am not here for me. Like, I don't like, they had to bring up billing with me several times before I was like, oh yeah, let me send you an invoice because I was just so focused on them and what I could do for them and the value I could bring and everything else. And I believe that because I was able to communicate that, they were like, Ryan, we want to pay you. Like they had to like sit me down and stop. It's like, all right, cool. We want to get started give us an invoice. Like we need to pay you to get this started. And I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. And, and I've just been doing this in every part of my life. Like I've been doing this with my boss. I've been trying to like, just, um, cause I, I also have a, a part-time job just because it was, it was involved in real estate, which is something I've always wanted to learn. And so I just, you know, I told my boss, I was like, look, I'm going to feed as much as I can into you. Like I'm going to try to bless this business. And because of that, I really tried to hold to that. And, He's bragging about me in like uh, at the real estate conference. He was there. He got called up on stage. He bragged about me from the stage and was like, guys, you have to like get to know this guy. And then the, the guy, and it was just like all these different things. And he's setting up meetings with other people to be my clients. Like I'm actually meeting with somebody tomorrow who's a local business owner up here in Woodland. And because, you know, they're like, Mark, like, you know, we see like, you know, we understand like struggles are going on, all this other stuff, but you just seem like so much more confident in your business. What's your secret? And he's like, my secret is my guy, Ryan. And 
he's going out there and setting up meeting my boss who like, who knows that like, if I start to get other clients, like I might become distracted, everything else. He's setting up meetings with people because he wants to see me succeed so badly. And because of that, I've gotten two or three meetings and clients out of him. And just as I've been doing this, I've just been so focused on adding value that the people that I've been wanting as clients, the, the, the economy I've been trying to build around myself is, is finally starting to come to fruition. And it, and it really like, it was starting before this because it was starting before this weekend. Cause I was starting to get like a clue of what I was wanting to do. But then this weekend just nailed it home where I was just like, you know, it was like, this is what I want to do. I want to minister out of the overflow. I want to work out of the overflow. I work so hard on my business. And then like, I want to be able, like, I want that to shine through for my clients, for people. You know, if you come in, if you have any interaction with my business, you get blessed, you know, like a, a 10 minute conversation with me is worth like a, you know, $10,000 spent at a coaching thing. And I just give it away for free. And obviously at some point, like I'll probably have to start like, you know, buckling down and monetizing it. But just right now I'm in just, I'm in, in such a place of just bliss and that I love my work. I love what I'm doing every day. Like beforehand, there were some things of just like, I, like I knew I was doing good work, but it wasn't my best work. And it could have been, but, and, but I was still charging people like more money. And I was just, at the end of the day, it was just about Ryan getting paid. But now it's, I want to make sure I provide as much value as possible. And because I'm doing that and because I'm connected with people that love value so much and the clients that are being drawn to me right now love value so much, they're literally begging me to pay me which is completely opposite. They're like, Ryan, look, we, we thank you for you know, your free phone calls. We thank you for this. We thank you for this. But we're not going to start working with you until you give us a bill. <laughs> like what? I don't know. Just as I'm looking at this, like what better way would you want to operate? There it is right there, a better way. And that's just it. When you repent of self-effort and trying to build this thing yourself, even though you may not be aware of it as, you know, obviously you're, you've just gone through two years of Karis Bible College. You've got a really deep foundation in your faith. And, but at the same time, it takes a while sometimes for these things to trickle down. And when you get to that revelation, you get to that point where you're more focused on giving value to other people simply as an overflow, because you love what you do. You're good at it. God's gifted with it. And you just want to share it as a gift with other people. That's when things just effortlessly start coming together. And that's a big theme in a better way is not striving and toiling in our own human effort, but just following what God has for us, and then watching all these things start to line up. And in just the past couple of weeks, you have probably more than quintupled your income that you had for that nine month period where you had nothing really going on. And you've had just one thing after the next in very rapid succession. And it was kind of cool as we were talking earlier before we started recording, it was actually a great example of a blog post I just sent out last week about those suddenly moments and I used that analogy of the hike that I was on where it was really long and I was getting tired and it got really steep right at the very end and I couldn't see what was on the other side. And then just like that instantly, I get to this amazing panoramic vista, this breathtaking view. And I think that is a, a good word picture of life. And it seems like you really just hit that point recently where all of a sudden, and, and here's another thing I want to highlight to people who don't know your story. You had, uh, when you, after you'd been fired at the end of last year, you went back home to Washington state and you had a really amazing job offer given to you. 
that I'm sure was very, very tempting for you in that place where you were discouraged, probably down on yourself. You obviously were dealing with financial lack and it, it was probably extremely tempting to take that, but you just really strongly felt in your spirit. And I remember you talking about this when you came back that God said, no, I want you to stay here. I've got something for you here in Colorado. And it was another nine months or so of this, you know, toiling, seemingly endless journey, kind of like that hike. But now we're starting to see the fruit and the manifestation of when you were faithful, you just trusted God, you stayed in your place called there. And now all of a sudden, just like that, it seems like you got nothing for nine months. And then within a couple of days, all heaven breaks loose. So I think that was just a, a great illustration of something God had just shown me and just the power of trusting God, persevering and putting one foot in front of the other, because he will have something for you at the right time, just like it says in Habakkuk 2, verse 3 that if the vision, whatever that vision is to you, seems delayed in coming, wait for it. It will not be late. It will be right on time. It's going to appear suddenly. And that is exactly what just happened to you. I mean, absolutely. And like, you know, I've heard it so many times that like, like one moment, like all you need is one God. And like you, and like that, that'll, that'll change everything. And it's so true because, you know, like I said, like I never lost my faith in God. I've, you know, I, I'd gone through Karis. I had a firm foundation of my faith, but I was just questioning everything. My ability to hear from God, my calling, everything else besides, like pretty much everything else besides my faith in God was just being questioned. And it, it, it's so funny because like it's a wedding is such a normal thing, but literally all this revelation I've gotten, all this, all these feelings I'm now feeling, like it's just, it doesn't. I now look back at that, that nine month period, that 10 month period, however long ago, I now look back at it and it was like, it was so worth it. Like I would go through that a dozen times. If a man, I could just be at the wedding. Like if I could be, if I could be in that moment one more time and just realizing that like now, like as I'm starting to go forward, I, cause I mean, there's undoubtedly going to be more hard, you know, more hard times. That's just how it goes. But like knowing this, I can't tell you the amount of confidence I now have going forward into the future because it was like it may it may just absolutely just be garbage for you know for a year five years it just might be a dry season but you know but then suddenly you're gonna see a cloud <laughs> and it's like man it's like that it was the dry season i don't know i guess like um when they when they talk about in the bible and again like i'm kind of forgetting the scripture at the moment but it's like talking about like the cloud the size of a man's hand and their minds the drought was over as soon as they saw the cloud, not when it rained. And that was just something that like was coming to me is that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the things that we go through is it's just mental and it's just hard. Like that's like, you know, people are like, it's hard. It's like, yeah, but it's just hard. You know what I mean? Like if you constantly like, this is something, um, a friend of mine, pastor Wade Gardner, he talks about this is like, you can be going through like so many hard seasons, but like you have to stop and think is like, is this the hardest thing I'm going to go through in my life? And if the answer is yes, well, congratulations, you people. <laughs> and that, and it's all downhill from here. So sorry. But if the answer is no, then all you, then really this whole situation you're going through is this is just hard and you can make it through it. And like, that was just one thing that was just like, I love that song by Elevation Worship, uh, Worship, There Is a Cloud. And it's just like, when I saw the cloud, like before, before the money came in, before everything else, I knew my dry season was over. Before the rain started to fall, my dry season was over. 
And once I accepted that, man, when the rain did start to fall, it was an amazing feeling knowing that it was like, huh, you know, look at you go, God. <laughs> a lot of people right now, like what they're like, they're, you know, because undoubtedly there's someone who's going to be listening that's going through like some type of situation. You got to start looking upwards. You got to start looking towards God and you got to start looking for that cloud because once you get a hold of just one thing, it's like, my, this is it. My dry season is over. And then suddenly it's amazing. Like not saying that like, you know, your thought process is bringing that into fruition, but I'm also not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just like when I, like, it was seriously just such an amazing moment. I got to hold this revelation. And it was like, all right, dry season's over. And, and it was. <laughs> and I like what you said about the instantly in that moment, you had a revelation that even as hard as that almost year long season that you've endured has been, you would do it all over because instantly once that revelation hits your heart and inspired and energized your body and your mind, it, it was all worth it. And that was something else I mentioned in the blog post last week is the analogy of childbirth where it says in the Bible that when a woman's hour has come, when she's in labor, you know, it's not pleasant. There's no getting around it. But when the child is born immediately, she forgets all that pain and frustration that she's been through because the joy that a child has been brought into the world. And that was the same feeling I had when I got to the top of that hike as I was tired one second before, all of a sudden, just like that, like you said, I got to the top and it was like, everything was immediately worth the struggle I had been through. And this is the same thing for you. Everything that you've endured, which has not been fun. And I've been living with you this whole time. I've seen you walking this out. It has been a very difficult season, but as soon as you get that breakthrough that suddenly comes around instantly, it makes everything worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's those Kairos moments with God that just like, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, <laughs> it, it almost reminds me of like gambling and it's, it's like, like being with God is kind of like a gambling addiction almost. Cause it's like, it's like, Oh, I fa-, like, you know, it's like, like, let's say you're playing blackjack. It's like, Oh, you know, miss this hand, miss this hand, miss this hand but I'm going to play one more hand because all I need to do to win back everything I've lost is win once. And the beautiful thing about it is that, like I said way earlier, money is attracted, not pursued. So too are our moments now, bad moments or good moments. Like, you know, it, it really just depends, but here's the thing. Like when you start to get one positive moment, one Kairos, one God Kairos moment, it's amazing how quickly that can attract another. And then you start building momentum in a positive way. And whereas like when, it, when it's negative, you know, because that's a lot of people start to talk about it. It's like, oh, I had one negative thing and then my car broke down, my dog died, my wife left, you know, every song ever. But it's just, that's kind of, that's how it works. It's like one negative moment. But it's like, man, not only do I only need one hand to win and I suddenly I'll recoup all of my losses. But then if I win one hand, there's a good possibility I'll win another. And it's like, it's almost, ch- it's chasing after with, again, that childlike faith. And it is childlike because if you look at risk management, you know, <laughs> it's time to stop. It's time to go. And that's, that's the realistic answer. But the good news is that we do not serve a realistic God in that. Amen. That it's like what the world may say. It's like, look, it's time to stop. It's time to pack it up. It's time to leave. It's like, yeah, but just one more. 
And then the thing is, is that if you start to develop a mindset of there's always going to be one more, it is, it, it can be a tiresome mindset. Like, you know, like this, um, like it says in Proverbs, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick and people usually stop there. But then usually by, but by the end of that verse, and I'm probably going to miss one slightly, but essentially it says, but when a vision is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Yes. And tree produces more fruit. And so a lot of people, they stop at a, well, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's why I'm getting depressed or that's why this is happening. This is happening. It's like, yes, but you know, when a vision comes true, that it is a tree of life. And that's the thing is like, once you get one tree of life, the beautiful thing about it is that if, as long as you water it and don't let go of it, then you can only have more. That's great. There's infinite abundance and replication through that seed. And uh, man, this is inspiring to me because as I've been blogging and talking about, you know, I'm, I'm definitely blessed and God's making me more aware of that being, like you said, at that wedding, when you just had that moment of being in the present moment, just, just soaking it up, being full of joy, just taking a moment to really be present to that moment. But at the same time, it's encouraging for me to see people like yourself that are having these testimonies because something that, uh, people at Bethel church have said before that I really love is that a testimony is not just for the person who experienced it. It's basically a proclamation of what's to come for you and other people. And that's why I'm so big on sharing testimonies in this podcast, because I'm believing God that the things that I'm waiting for, that the desire that I'm going to experience is going to be a tree of life is also going to be manifested. And God's just giving me kind of like a deposit or a down payment through your experience. And so I, you know, it encourages me and I'm, I'm believing it's going to encourage and inspire other people that are hearing this. So as we wrap up, what is a declaration that you want to go on the record right now, speaking forth in faith that we can have here on the record and that you can just, again, we, like you said before, we walk by faith, not by sight. So you've seen some things come very recently and in, in pretty large abundance. What are some way over the top, exceedingly abundantly beyond all you could ask or imagine types of things you want to speak out right now? You know, I'm going to be honest. This is going to sound really odd, but really the one thing I just want is that where I am right now with my business and as it's continuing to grow, I can see it growing infinitely simply because it's built, A, it's built on biblical principles. But B, it's built in such a way that I, I love it. Like, I'll never get tired of it. Like, like, yeah, I might get tired physically and then I need to go to bed. But it's like, man, I am so happy to wake up in the morning. It's ridiculous. And honestly, I just, I just pray that, like, I never let that, – that never leaves. Um, in terms of this, I just – I don't know. I just pray that others – I don't really have a declaration for my business because I'm still trying to walk through and kind of see where everything is. But let me just tell you, like, man, the upward trajectory it's on is amazing. I'm pretty much going to stand on that. But I just pray that others start to realize that in this generosity economy, in this, in, in God's economy, it's built not just on like, you know, not just seed time and harvest, but it's such a generous economy. It's built on love. It's built on generosity. It's built on you know truth. And if you're in your business right now. And you know, even if you've had success or you haven't had success or anything else like that, but like, let's say like, you just don't really like your job. You don't like your, like, you know, it's like you like it in terms of what it brings you, but you're not really the biggest fan of it or like, you're, or like anything I've said kind of resonated with you. I just pray that like, you just kind of start to come into this revelation of that love doesn't stop at the door of business. And 
you know, like just generosity doesn't stop because once you start to build that, it's amazing what it connects. And I would, <laughs> I would highly encourage everyone to really look into that before they hit the dip that I went through. You know, look at if you can um, identify any of the any of the things that like um, the, the problematic points that I brought up, and you're seeing that in your own life. I would just pray that you just really start to dial in to the God's economy, to God's generosity, value-based, love-based economy. Because once you dial into that, the thing about my business is that I feel like suddenly now it's going to be bigger than I thought it was, and not in terms of money or anything else, but because the the toll it takes on me is is neg is 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 in the negatives now. In that, what I mean by that is just it, my business now gives me life. Amen. And I can see doing forever simply because I love it so much, and it's even like it. it I don't know. Just once I start to get that, I just feel like once you get into that place where suddenly work doesn't become a chore anymore, but now it's, now it's not, not, it's not even neutral. Like it's not negative and it's neutral, but it's just overwhelmingly positive. I feel like once you get to that place, that's a place where you can start to grow true wealth simply because like now you can attack it with twice as much energy as before. And it just starts to compound. And as you start to do that, and as you start to grow, and all these things, you're able to just take it. So um, I guess, yeah, I, I rambled on a long time with that. But just in terms of in terms of a declaration, I just pray that I continue to grow to understand God's economy. Because obviously, like, I'm getting the baseline revelation of it. And it was a huge thing for me. But it's like, man, I can tell I'm just at the beginning. And the results I'm already, the, the fruit I'm already seeing from just a couple days in, in God's economy it it has just inspired me now just to go out and tackle ev- like just go out there with everything i can at any given moment because this is what's going to build true wealth in the kingdom of god because not only will i be happy but man let me t- i am like the people i'm talking with the clients i'm talking to everything else they when I, every time i talk to them they're like Brian you are a literal godsend from like cuz like we were looking for this and this we talk to other people, like they talk to other digital marketers, and they like they drop some names of some pretty big companies. And I'm like, oh boy. But they're like, man, when we talked to you, we knew this was it because we could just feel it. And that's yeah. Uh, I just pray that myself and everyone just continues to understand God's economy and starts to grow in it and starts growing in the in the things that makes God's economy so great. I love what you said just uh, earlier on, and I don't know if you caught this, but you said just for people to understand that love does not stop at the door of your business. That's powerful. I, I love that quote. And another thing that you just alluded to, which I've mentioned before, and I think is so crucial, is that when you start living under God's grace and entering into his rest, contrary to what a lot of people might think that, oh, you're just going to be inactive, you're going to be passive, you're going to be lazy, you're not going to be very productive. No, it's the complete opposite, actually. Just like the Apostle Paul said, he said, talking about the other apostles that Jesus knew personally face to face, the other 12, he said, and I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God working through me and in me. And that's exactly what I heard you just say. When you find your sweet spot, when you find that place where you're working from a place of rest and overflow, then not only are you going to be, like you said, it's not just negative, it's not even neutral, it's overwhelmingly positive. And it actually gives you the energy, 
and the encouragement and inspiration to go at it even harder, but not in a life-sucking draining way, in a way that's giving you even more life and giving more life to those people around you. So that is just a, a beautiful story and, and so many great points of illustration. Thank you so much for sharing your struggles as well as your successes, Ryan. And uh, again, for anybody who might be interested in connecting with you more, you're in digital marketing, how can people connect with you? Right. Um, so like I said, my name is Ryan Wall. Um, uh, my company, right, is StoryMark, um, and that's spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E. It's French for brand, so, you know, sorry, I had to get a little bit fancy. Um, but right now, my website's under construction as we're going through this huge rebranding process. I'm super excited to kind of see what what God's doing and, like, how this can just absolutely bless people. Um, but right now, if you want to, you can send me an email at ryan at storymark.com. Again, that's S-T-O-R-Y-M-A-R-Q-U-E.com. Uh, and my name is Ryan, R-Y-A-N. Um, and if you'd like to give me a, a call, seven, uh, my business number is 719-822-1776. That's 1776. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I highly encourage you guys to get in touch with Ryan, especially as he's just coming off this amazing revelation. And uh, we'll put all those, those points of contact in the show notes, but you can go to storymark.com again. S-T-O-R-Y-M-A-R-Q-U-E.com. Ryan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Can't wait to see what's coming up next and how that declaration gets fulfilled beyond your wildest dreams. And also for you guys listening to this, I'm believing this is going to touch somebody's heart. Please write in, let us know. We want to share your testimony so that it can spur other testimonies just like Ryan's is doing. So thanks again, buddy. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email. Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. Finally, a Better Way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.